Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another installment of Show to V with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Ozfest, the show of setting criminal justice, stenography, Texas Roadhouse, but mostly about the Bovardier Group in San Antonio, Texas. Today's guest, Stefan Mendez, is the vice president of the USBG in San Antonio. He's the beverage director of the Bovardier Group in San Antonio with such great locations like the Brooklynite and the last word. He's a good dude, and we talk about a lot of different things, kind of really his journey here in this industry and how he started off peddling Budweiser's and Starfucker shots and turned into a successful beverage director, how the industry always pulls you back in, so to speak. So I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Stefan Mendez. Oh, you moved back. So, okay. Uh, born in here, lived here for a couple years, and I'm too young to remember. And then split time between parents in San Antonio and Austin. Yeah. Um, and then uh, probably around, I want to say 12 or so, moved up to Boston. Oh, really? So you uh, said your dad got a job out there? Is that right? Yeah. He was running a place called uh, Great Woods Amphitheater right outside of Boston. What kind of like, spot was that? Like uh, music venue? Concert venue. Did you, were you one of those kids? That I was envied when I was growing up that got tickets to stuff, just like no matter what. And I'm like, I don't really feel like going to see Foghorn tonight or whatever. Yeah, kind of. But it was stuff that I probably passed a lot of stuff up that I didn't really know was as awesome as it was. Yeah. Um, Did you think of anything? That- like, I remember my dad wouldn't let me go to Ozfest. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. And it was actually good because they rioted. I remember they like burned the fence down. That was a bit, uh, All right. Good work, Dad. That was yeah. actually a pretty, pretty <laughs> that was a smart good. move on his part. Because, yeah. man, it's been around forever now. Like, what year are we talking, do you think? Oh, God. It's supposed 90s? to been... 98 99 because yeah. that was like one of the first years that it started yeah and they went crazy yeah so do you have any siblings i do i'm the oldest of five five i have a younger brother who lives in houston now about to start law school yeah um he is 27 28 i should probably know that yeah sure. i don't know i don't there. know how old my brother Sorry, is. i think he's four years younger yeah. <laughs> but he looks older than me so i just say that i'm younger anyway i've got People two say. uh younger sisters who are they're twins and they're about 22 23 are they still living in san antonio or are they in they're in san antonio yeah okay or one of them's in uh corpus going to corpus corpus a&m oh cool so studying oceanography i know that that's a big thing out there i don't even know what she's studying <laughs> I don't know how old she is. I don't know if she's yeah, studying. I know she's alive. God, Mike, why are you asking me all and these questions? These, <laughs> these points of protocol. So, But I, you know, it's funny because there's always this common thread with people in this industry, which we'll talk about your rise to success as the beverage director here at the Bavaria Group in San Antonio. But your dad's a chef. What did your, what did, did your mom do? Was she ever in the industry as well? No, she's been. Well, um, I know she like waited tables much yeah. younger in her days before I was ever around. Right, right. Uh, but she's been a court reporter pretty much since I was born. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. How is that as mysterious and intriguing as it sounds? Or is I it more, think it is. Yeah. Um, I think to some people it's not. But like 
when we were in like middle school and we had like a uh, career day where your parents would come out. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. always really stoked for my mom to come out because I thought it was really cool. Yeah. What is so is, is it the like, stenography thing or yeah, is it yeah. stenographer? Exactly. Okay. Okay. Um, so she would like come out and have myself or somebody else like read a book yeah. while she would like type the entire thing up the whole time. Have you seen? All right, so you gotta explain something to me. I've never seen what I think is a shorthand typewriter. Is that what they're called that they use in court? I don't know what they're called now because I know they change it. I've seen a few of my mom's like yeah, progress yeah. through the thirty years. Is it like a single it? key equals a bunch of words, or is like how do it's they? It's a combination of keys will be like a, a common phrase. Oh, okay. In law, okay. I, I know like certain keys are certain words. Yeah. Uh, but you can tell like these three keys would be this like entire sentence and see that's amazing and and i don't I think mean, it's shorthand can... too so they don't type everything word for word right so like you'll have to like go back and well, transcribe would have made a great waitress right <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> she'll remember everything pancakes what does this mean she what remembers everything i ever said she brings it up all the time oh you gotta love that <laughs> that's good well so the parents so, what's up oh so your parent i mean this is a common story too so either people move for love they move because of divorce and my, my mom moved kind of a mix of the, the two, I think, when we ended up in Detroit <laughs> at some point. But so I get that whole thing. But So like as you're coming into your own, I imagine Boston is the place where you're kind of maybe getting more into music, understanding what kind of things you want to do with your life. Or is it much later than that? Uh, it was a, a little bit of both, I think. Because, I mean, by the time I moved back, I was I was like 16, 17 yeah. when we came back from Boston. Um, and I was still I was going back and forth. Do like summers and winters up with my dad and stuff. Yeah. Um, did he did he get remarried? He did. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we were doing that, but I don't think I really knew what I wanted to do until I was twenty one. That's first pretty time good. I stepped behind a bar. That was like that's when I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. Did you? Were your parents or was your dad thinking like? Was he saying like I've been in this industry? I love to cook. Sometimes that means dad's telling you do not fucking touch the industry. Or was he saying? No, come on. Come, no, no, he, did, he didn't want me to do this at all. Oh, really? He didn't want me or my brother to do it. Um, that's funny because Austin, actually, my younger brother, Austin, yeah. he was in the industry for a little bit. Uh, he was like waiting tables. I think he might have bartended for a little bit. Mm. Um, but like growing up, he was like, nope, never doing it. Go to school, get a degree. Don't fucking spend 90 <laughs> it's like hours a week that becomes at a like place. a cautionary tale. And yeah. that's so strange because you would think like, because it seems like he was successful at it. Why would he not want you guys to do it? Yeah, because there's... It's, probably so much easier to get a degree and have a nice office job somewhere yeah rather than spending you know 80 90 hours a week but and all the, the excitement everyone's in that? crazy bar stories that they have now yeah uh i mean i get it if i had kids i would tell them not to do it well either. that makes sense too. yeah i mean you're only 30 you still got a good yeah. 15 years to have to have kids <laughs> i didn't like my sisters have tried to get me or get jobs for them doing like waiting tables or yeah. hosting. I'm like nope not going to the industry really yeah so are you thing. protective of them too where you're like you guys are not doing this oh yeah absolutely Really? But it's okay that your brother's doing it. But you said he just did it yeah, for a little, a little bit, Yeah, it's a little sexist, right? but... No, I'm not saying... I mean, <laughs> I don't have a sister. I have, and my brother's very masculine, so I never got to play the older brother card. Yeah. Like, protect him from things. No, fuck. If he wants to go work in a restaurant, he can be a dishwasher. Yeah, I mean, okay. like, my young brother, like, <laughs> he's going to take care of himself. I'm not worried about that. But yeah, yeah. I know how servers and hostess can get treated at restaurants, yeah. and I don't want my sisters and subjected that's, to that. that's not sexism on your part. That really is an implicit piece of the industry I oh think. yeah absolutely and it's that's another kind of interesting thing to, to talk about with men and women is that some women perceive it as incredibly blatant the kind of sexism and the discrimination and stuff but you've seen it as well then it sounds like oh yeah i mean it it's unfortunately a part of this thing yeah um not that i try and buy into it or use it as, as an excuse no sure sure but it's just something that the entire industry needs to work on yeah and i think like slowly it's becoming more of 
an awareness thing, like uh, events like Speed Rack, right. which are awesome that I always help out as much as I can. It's crazy because if you think about the people running the scenes, and it's all women. I oh, love yeah. that. That's Absolutely. the best part. It's kind of like you don't realize that the the narrative and the just the general consciousness of this industry, pretty for the most part, it's like kind of driven by. You talk about like Lindsey Johnson, for example, right? Like have their hands in those things. So I think that's a great piece as we start to understand what this industry is mm-hmm. because everything's new. You talk about the Brooklyn I just for example. I mean, it's you guys just celebrated what the third anniversary. Yeah. That's not a lot. And that was kind of a mecca of San Antonio cocktail culture. Most cultures don't evolve that much in three years. But think about how different it is. I think San Antonio kind of rose up on a bullet. Totally. Um, I mean, the last five years, I think, we've gone from two or three awesome spots to 15 to 20 awesome spots. It's it's incredible, right? And in a way, when I was living in Houston, it was one of the things that was missing. So everything cool happened after I left, which is a little <laughs> bit why I resent Houston now. But but it was so big, much like San Antonio, there wasn't this kind of like arterial area, really, because Houston's so sprawled out. But it seems like San Antonio now has this just this heart of which people are kind of drawn to. You've got lots of great spots. I mean, obviously, last word in Brooklyn, for, for, to name two. Like, those spots are pretty cent- central. Is that right? Is that the right way? It's to pretty go? much like, yeah, yeah, central downtown. Yeah. And yeah. so you guys are kind of building this metropolitan of culture, and, and drinks are always at the uh, epicenter of culture, <laughs> I think. We're trying to. Trying to, right. Well, so thinking about the college thing, were you ever humoring that idea? Were you like, I'm going to, I'll do it. For, I'll do it for a little bit. We'll yeah, see what happens. I, I mean, I don't think I really had a choice. I think my parents would have kicked my ass if I didn't at least go. At least try. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I did it for two and a half years. Where'd you go? Uh, UTSA. Oh, okay. Here in, uh, in San Antonio. Did you, for, for all intents and purposes, did you find a central point of focus and study there? Um, I was. I did criminal justice. That's, That's kind of mom, like when I was right? in high school and like starting to go towards college, I, that was something I wanted to do. Um, like my mom's court reporter. Yeah. And uh, when she remarried, my stepdad is a lawyer. Oh, okay. So what, I what kind was, of area of law do you know? Uh, criminal defense. Perfect. Yeah. And before that, he was actually uh, an assistant, uh, assistant district attorney. No shit. So he did in San Antonio? Yeah. Really? So that seems like like there's a lot of shows about that on right now. Like there's lots of criminal procedure shows and things. Yeah. And it's really funny that when I was a kid watching with them, because they would always call out all the bullshit on the shows. <laughs> like that would never happen. Yeah. Like uh, the, um, dude, the, I, my, my stepbrother is a cop. And so we, we often will talk about that stuff and we'll watch a movie. He's like, how many times did that guy reload his clip? Like that kind of stuff. This is virtually impossible that this situation would have yeah. went down like that. But if it ruins Die Hard for me, I'm just blocking out. <laughs> as long as Die Hard is preserved, the, you know, one of the most important. No one's going to touch that one. I hope not. I really hope not. So two and a half years, UTSA, what was the point where you're like, eh, not working for me? Um, it was probably right around the time I started bartending, really. Yeah. Because I was doing, while I was at UTSA, I'd started off doing um, some financial work with a uh, bank down there, security okay. service. Yeah. Worked there for a little bit and then uh, went over to USAA oh, doing yeah. auto insurance, homeowners so insurance. so much, such a huge uh, labor force in San Antonio, right? Just like massive. The, pretty sure the biggest one that's in San Antonio. Yeah, that's what I thought. Maybe Rackspace. Ah, right, right. But those are the two biggest. Um, so I was doing that and then randomly by chance, uh, a friend... I was working at a bar, had a bartender quit on him on a Friday night that I was there. Yeah. And I just like, just like, hey, dude, I need help. Just hop back here and do whatever just, you can. Just like, I don't know, you're a banker? Fine. Just yeah. hop back. It didn't just, matter, I right? Just hands, I can pick stuff up and move things. Yeah. Um, so I started doing that and I actually liked it, even though he kept yelling at me because I was doing everything wrong. <laughs> and I had to ask him how to make what, Why would you like that? What was it about drinks? it? 
I think it was just the interaction. Yeah. Because I'd been working at a cubicle or behind a desk right. for years. The thing that your uh, parents or like your dad's like, no, you can. This is do this thing. Yeah. But it's it's genetic. It always feels like the need uh, to be hospitable. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I really liked it, and I think I probably put in my notice at my job maybe a week after that. That's it. Because I started going back and like helping out, and I was like, this is something I kind of want to see how it goes. Was and they actually didn't have a lot of shifts for me at the time. Yeah. So I, is that place still open, by the way? I think so. Yeah. I haven't been in four years. Is maybe. it a, 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 an influential spot in San Antonio? Or yet no, place not at all. Grind your teeth in ice. Uh, okay. I don't even want to say the name of the place. <laughs> it's just a little dive bar. It was nothing special, but I loved it. Yeah. Um, influential. Influential in my life. Yeah. yeah. Perfect chapter. It's kind of like <laughs> make things begin. So you started working there, would we call it full time? No, it was like just helping out whenever I could. Yeah. They didn't have shifts for me there, and I couldn't really find another bartending spot because at that point I still didn't know what I was doing at all. Yeah. So I got uh, like a serving position at uh, Texas Roadhouse. Okay. Go. Yeah, sure. It's all a little restaurant. Damn peanuts everywhere, right? Yeah. I hate that shit. I slip all the time. You don't have to clean them up every night. That's the worst part. Well, that's true. Yeah. I'm very naive. <laughs> I'm just concerned about me and my the, the damn peanut oil like all over the place. Seems like their liability insurance would be insane at that point. Well, they actually... <laughs> I don't know the exact science behind it, but they'll use the peanuts to like cover up spills. Oh, because it'll absorb more stuff than actually like sweeping up and then the hardwood. Okay, that makes a lot like of you'll sense. You'll slip more on that than you would just on the peanuts. Like stuff. when kids would throw up in shop class and do sawdust. Yeah, it's exactly. like the same thing, right? Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. All right, so I'm gonna give them a little more credit for the undercooked steaks <laughs> I've had every time I've been in there. But so you started, you get to night, you're now getting to interact with people more on a regular basis. Are you feeling it? Is it like yeah, kind of bubbling oh, that up? Was great. Then? I loved it. Uh, served there for, for a good year and a half or so before I finally got a bartending spot um, at like a north side club. Yeah. Like a speed. Total transaction. Like, like star fuckers, all that stuff. Yeah. Bottle service. And you still liked it. Even I, after I that. I love that stuff. I still love that stuff. If Just, I could do the beverage director thing. Yeah. And then work at a club one day a week, I would love it. What would you would you have a funny name? That would be my thing. Oh, I would want to have, have a funny n- name. Really? I would just like want to have something like. I don't know, Ricky Porcardo or something yeah. stupid, right? And then I would just show up at a at a bar and do transactional pouring once a week. That'd be also, nice. I never gave my real name when people asked at those oh, places. Oh, really? Because then you're going to have them yelling your name all night. Uh, and like, I, if you give them a fake name, you're not going to look when they yell it at you. Would they think that you're being rude because you're not looking at them when they're yelling your name? I don't know. Never asked them. <laughs> you're too busy. Yeah. So it's good. So you, what was that conversation like when you kind of had to break it to the folks like, uh, UTSA is not going to be the thing. I didn't really tell them for like a year. Oh, shit. Are you kidding me? I just didn't say that I was going to school. Yeah, no, that's just, fine, right? Yeah. It wasn't a lie. Just but omitting it, the truth. Not real forthcoming. Yeah. And you would imagine that them being so rooted in law that they might have asked particular prying questions. To, yeah. To, like to, something you can't back away from. Yeah. yeah. But it never happened. It was probably about a year. Yeah. They probably knew. Yeah. I think. Interesting. Yeah. So the interest that it kind of started to lean more toward because there is that obviously the interaction piece when you're talking to people but did the cocktail thing then that become more interesting than food that became like a hobby for me yeah. it was just uh because all the bars i was working at there were there weren't cocktail bars at all which um, year are we talking now when you kind of coming up it's like 2009 2010 oh, okay I which think. is still pretty if you again think about it right it's only that was only like a few well Few, a lot, this is five or six years ago. It's yeah. not a really long time. Not at all. Um, and I was like a few blogs that I was reading. Yeah. Just, I don't even remember how I got into it. I think at some place I was at, probably in Austin, 
probably came here to visit with some friends and had like a real old fashioned. Right. I was like, holy shit, this is really good. <laughs> and it's like, I'm trying to think, where would And you then I think I tried that? to order a couple of them in San Antonio and got the worst old fashioned ever. It's more like a cherry slushy. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you got to know where to order an old fashioned at. Yeah. And it's it's weird. I mean, to think now you could probably go into any place and get it like at least a de- decent old fashioned. I think so. The probably fact- eight out of 10 times. Yeah, not bad, right? So what do you think was that first moment where, did you start seeing it as a career at that point? Like that there's actually, gonna, there's a no, living to be made? not at all. No. I was, was like, I'll do this the, for like five, ten years, and then I'm going to have to figure out a real job. So you're clo- You're about seven years yeah. in. So what are you, you going to shift, do the switcheroo I, in three years? I think years, I'm all or? in already. Yeah? Um, I can't get out now. You can't get out? They, pull, they just pulled you in. They'll pull me back in. <laughs> They'll Pacino your ass. <laughs> totally. Well, well that's... I, a couple of things, and so we'll talk about the Boulevardier group here in a second, but I think it's interesting. So you've been in this industry, let's call it like seven, eight years now. You've obviously rose to the higher ranks as a beverage director. Well, where did, when did you meet Jared and Jarrell and all those guys? I met, the first time I met Jared. Magic um, the Gathering Tournament? Was the first time I ever went to Esquire Tavern. <laughs> I hate that game. I fucking hate it too, but. I can't talk, I can't. Give it too much shit though, because I used to play when I was a kid, and now I you think it's did? really dumb. Yeah. yeah, me and my little brother, we used to have like decks on decks of Magic: The Gathering cards. Well, how was that a thing? I don't know. Just I don't. Nerds. I didn't get it. I was collecting baseball cards. I don't watch sports now, but something about collecting things. It's very yeah. strange. So that was where you met Jared playing Magic: <laughs> The Gathering. It was um, the first time I met him was at Esquire Tavern, um, and it was. The founder of Tales of the Cocktail were doing like a tour of Texas thing. Yeah, yeah. And they stopped at Esquire and did like a Ramos Gin Fizz shaker line. Oh, cool. With some bartenders from all over Texas, like Houston, Dallas, uh, Austin came down. And I had heard about it because I was like just following blogs online and it popped up. What blogs were you looking at at that point? Tipsy Texan? Was David? Tipsy Texan was probably where I read it at. Yeah. Tipsy Texan was one of them. And my dad actually introduced me to Tipsy Texan. What the fuck? Because he knew that I had like started bartending, was kind of getting into nerdy stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, hey, you need to read this blog. And I like looked it up and I started reading it. I don't know, but that's like kind of him, him uh, what's, what's the word, enabling you, if you will. A little. I think he already knew that. Like, okay, he's like, all right, well, my advice didn't pay I already so well, started so. I wasn't going to get away from but it. But then he, that's glad that he knew, you know, because East yeah. Coast obviously kind of caught wind of that cocktail thing first. But so you have this Ramos gin fizz line, is that what you're saying? Yeah, that was the first time I had met him, talked to him briefly. Uh, I mean, he was busy doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, David Allen actually talked about Tales for a little bit, too. That was the first time I had met David or heard him talk. And uh, and that was it at the time. And I probably didn't really talk to him again for another two or three years. Yeah. He came to a bar that I was working at. And that's Where were you? First at 1919. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, the longest bar I've been. One of the longest bars I've ever been to. It's long. Esquire's still longer. Is it really? I'm pretty sure Esquire's still the longest Wooden bar in Texas. I think that's, that's what people tell me. Either way, it's just the, it's like 110 feet. Exhausting. That's great. No, I'm just kidding. I love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. So you came in, and what, what was that kind of interaction like? Um, I don't remember what drink I gave him because I, I knew who he was. It was someone who like I had been kind of looking up to him and yeah. following him on whatever post he had made or whatever. Uh, and I had some drink with it was like tequila, probably at the time 2012 Saint Germain. I'm he's sure o- it was in well, it. Well, he's always drinking tequila. Anyway. Um, and then some kind of like Fernet foam that I had thought I was real cool shit because I'd made it. Right, right. And I was like, hey, man, like, I want you to try this. And he tried it and he told me he liked it. Uh, and then like a week later, probably got a call from one of his bartenders that I used to know from another bar mm. uh, that was offering me a position. 
to oh, go bartend at Esquire. Yeah. At Esquire. Oh, cool. Uh, but I was really happy at the bar that I was at because I'd been part of like the opening team, uh, and I really liked my boss. So I didn't go. Uh, and I was like, thank you, but like, I want to stay here. Right. This is a real cool project we're working on. And then over the course of the next three years, he probably offered me a job like 10 times. He wanted, what did, what, why did he seek you out? And I'm not, I, lo- I just want to play dumb here for a second. What, what, why? Why you? Uh, Stephen, I don't like, know. I'd like to say it's because I was really good at what I was doing. Is it the tattoos? Maybe. At the time, I think I only had one or two tattoos. Oh, really? Probably. I mean, that's the reason I hired Mark. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's a good friend of mine. But, you know, it's... It, he he knew, right? He must have known. Because the thing is, would you agree that the people that really make the biggest impact in this industry and have the most prolific careers are the ones that know talent? Oh, yeah. Those are the people that can prove you got to be able talent. to spot it out. Totally. Yeah. So he saw something in you. Is he, would you consider him kind of, even though he's not that, well, he's like six, six-ish years older than you, but like, would you consider him a mentor of sorts? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he still is I mean, really I kind of wish that I would have taken that other job because I probably would have learned a lot more a little faster yeah um because everything that I was learning I wasn't learning from him I was pretty much learning on my own gotcha so what was the first so you you didn't take the job what was the first job that you actually started working with Jared uh it was at last word oh okay for Boulevardier wow and so was that the capacity in which he hired you on as the beverage director or just to kind of no uh there wasn't a beverage director when I joined the company um we basically it was a chance happening i uh was leaving the job that i was at and i basically just gave jared a call yeah i was like hey man you need a bartender like i'm free agent right now was he did he turn his back on you yet like if i got rejected that many times no at some point it's like shame on me (laughs) (laughs) let him back in i think he was doing it to like keep me in his pocket Ah. like to always know that i could make that jump whenever i wanted oh that's that's pretty amazing i think it was a smart he played the long con yeah he's good at cons just in general (laughs) long cons especially so, did you think that from that point when you kind of started out, from when Jared's like, "Hey, come work at the Last Word," were you still kind of navigating and seeing like, "Well, oh, maybe I'll do this," or were you in at that point too? No, I was pretty much in. Yeah, because um, I mean, I love everyone that has worked with that company. I, even the ones who aren't there anymore are still good friends of mine that I will go see them at their bars. Yeah, or hang out with them whenever. Um, so I knew that that company was something I wanted to be a part of. Yeah, and once he gave me pretty much the freedom to do what i wanted to do i don't think he's ever really told me no to anything i've yeah he doesn't i don't think he says no to a lot of stuff no it's very not. open like that which is interesting so at what point is he saying all right well here are the keys and the creative freedom to be the beverage director of i guess it's is it five places now or four places i can't remember five five right now, yeah. yeah um i actually am the one that brought it up we had oh. another one of our other bars the manager was leaving it was kind of making a hole in the schedule for everyone. Yeah. And I kind of saw it as an opportunity to promote myself. Yeah. And I was like, hey, we can have me do a few shifts here, a few shifts there, a few shifts there. I can kind of help manage all of them and start working on the menus for everyone. So you're Minot, you're, you were playing the long con too. A little bit. That's good. You got to play yeah. a long con with a long con. All That's the, the pieces only fell together at the perfect time. Yeah. So which are, so how many you said you're five spots strong now? I know of three of them that I can recite pretty quickly, but so we got uh, Brooklyn Night was the baby, mm-hmm. that's the oldest, and then there was uh, Stay Golden Social House, right, right, and then Last Word, um, Old Main Association, ah, right. which is our first like full kitchen concept, mm-hmm. um, and then most recently uh, Rumble, Rumble over on the Strip. When did that? When did that kind of take form? That opened March, March. Shit, so that's pretty good. It's actually after I talked to Jared. 
um, for this specific project. What is the concept there, uh, Rumble? Rumble is. Um, have you have you spent time down in SA on the St. Yeah. Mary Strip? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so it's that area. It's more of like a the younger twenty one to twenty five. I hate saying the word hipster, but that kind of <laughs> fucking nails it. If that if if that <laughs> means, uh, what are we then? I've got like these exactly nice shoes. They're calling like us the same jeans. things. Yeah, everyone's so, a goddamn hipster. Every, like, everybody's a nerd. Yeah. Everybody's a hipster because they liked one episode of Girls or something, <laughs> right? Like, oh, well, how profound, right? But that's kind of the thing. Is it more about quantity or is it still real high quality cocktails? Uh, there's not much of an emphasis on cocktails just because mm. right now that clientele doesn't really demand. It's not it. what they want, right? We have the back bar to make pretty much whatever you want. Yeah, um, but it's Tall Boy Lone Stars. Got it. Uh, vodka sodas we have some really cool frozen drinks there mm-hmm. and those are probably the bigger sellers that's killer well it's all pre, pre that's gonna be a bigger thing i think the return to a daiquiri that doesn't taste shitty but is frozen yeah right that's an inarticulate way to say it but that's <laughs> in a way that's a way to do it it's but gonna look great on a sign somewhere see i hope so they're not neon signs at rumble there's not yet Good. oh there'll be a, like a, a rumble neon sign yeah um, oh wait, is that? Are you telling me that's in the works? It is in the works. Oh, that's amazing. Coming soon. See, it's hearkening back to the days of Miller Lite glowing signs in the '80s. That's fucking <laughs> cool. wonderful time. But it's cool because as the beverage director, think of it as like so: you run this label, and you have all these different genres of bands. Because that's the thing that I think is really interesting about the concepts is that, to me at least, no two seem that alike. There's a maybe a thread of quality through all of them, but for the most part, it's like all right. This is the punk record. This is volume bar. This is yeah. different kind of people we're trying to appeal to. Is that intentional, or you guys just kind of gravitate toward what's available? A little bit of both. Um, I mean, I think it's a smart business plan to not do the exact same concept. Diversification, right? And also, each area is going to have their own market for people. Yeah. Like, if the place doesn't want $15 cocktails, don't try and shove it down their throats. Yeah, absolutely. If they want, you know, a half, half that price, something still pretty solid... Then let's give it to them. Yeah. That's what's going to get people in there. You being, let's call it, you, now, I know the beverage director is a different capacity than potentially an old owner, but I'm sure you probably have equity or something like that, which we're going to talk about. But there's got to be one that gives you a real pain in the ass now and again. Do you have that spot that's a little bit more troublesome than the others? Not because it's less or more successful, but just for you particularly? Um, Not yet. Not yet. I mean, last words is a little bit of a beast. Yeah. Why? Uh, is just location or? Yeah. Downtown San Antonio, like, there's not a ton of residential buildings. Mm-hmm. So most of our volume's coming from, like, conventions that are coming through town. Gotcha, yeah. Shows at the Majestic Theaters. Um, like, right now, tourism's pretty slow for mm-hmm. the hot summer months. Oh, yeah. So it just, it's waves, and you just got to adapt to it. Yeah. Like, you're going to have your really busy week, um, like, SACC, when yeah. that comes through. That's I'm just huge. Zombie it, mode. Yeah, under, underwater the whole time. Yeah. Right? Uh, but then you have, you know, a week where there's nothing in town. So you just kind of chill. Which is kind of, I mean... And, and that's the thing, like, if you think of it as, like, a stock portfolio, which I know shit about, really. But diversification is really good because the stuff that's kind of doing better over here covers the low months over here. And that, in fact, having those concepts all kind of, like, interweave in different ways. And it makes Exactly, it kind of yeah. How long have you been in the position now? Uh, a little so, over a year. Yeah, that's I think. killer. I started with the company April of last year. And it was probably three months after that. Yeah. So somewhere so around pretty, pretty July. Quick, then. Trying to. So the inevitable jump is that you will want to own your own spot. Do you feel that you're going to need to sow those oats at some point and kind of say, Jared, I got to 
do my own thing. Yeah, I mean, I would like to hopefully do something with him. Yeah, but, which I uh, imagine would be another concept you guys would work on. But yeah, um, I, that's pretty much the next step. I don't think there's anything after that. I don't want to do anything else. Really? Like, bartending is what I want to do. Ownership is the only other promotion right now. Yeah. Um, but I've seen how much goes into starting a bar. Right. And I'm not ready to quite do that yet. Not yet. Well, you're 30. Do you still get to fuck up a little bit? Oh, exactly. I got like five years and then oh, easy. I think. Because like a 37-year-old fucking up like traumatically versus yeah. a 27-year-old, you get so much more leniency as a 27-year-old. Like, well, he is a dipshit. Yeah. Right? He hasn't even really learned how to do something. Exactly. So you imagine, and I think this is a decision that people have to kind of make too as they become business owners and older. Like, do you want to start a family and all that stuff? Like what people would consider the straight and narrow path for middle America? Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Once I have a successful bar, I think. <laughs> just we'll keep do that first. Like, the bar is going to be baby one. Yeah. And then start a real baby after the bar is set up. It's very, very tough. <laughs> so a couple other things. Because I know you're heading back to San Antonio. So one, and it's an interesting place to be behind the bar because you are, in a sense, the center of attention. You get people that are inebriated. They're being cathartic. And it's very difficult to, what's the word, allay the opposite sex as they make passes at you all the time behind the bar, which is the case. So you are, are you, you're dating somebody in the industry, I presume. Mm-hmm. How, how difficult is that? Just being always the subject of attention and, you know, whether your girlfriend is like attention of men or you and women, all of that. Um, How difficult is it dating someone else in the industry? Yeah. I think it's pretty easy as opposed to dating someone who's not in the industry. Just because of scheduling? Yeah. And they don't really understand like the the bartender life. Yeah. But don't, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like a lot of people, at least the way they advertise the bartender life is loose and fast and inebriated there's not like a lot of central sitting down and watching netflix with the person you love kind of thing i think it's fast and loose for the first three years you're doing it yeah and then after that you learn that that's a horrible life choice <laughs> and that your body that's tattoo hurts. number one right yeah and that your body just starts to hurt after a while yeah um i mean now i don't i don't even really get a chance to go out that much yeah if we go out we like we'll go out probably early and go home before one Interesting. If that. So I thought, you know, the the mystique of Stefan is that you're like, you know, like a playboy. You're out there. You're drinking with kings that was, that and all of that. five years ago, Stefan. <laughs> so I think the, the reputation carries. But no, I'm just kidding. I haven't heard anything particularly. But it is, it is you find it's a difficult dra- bounce to strike, though, between trying to be healthy, trying to be a good partner, and then having to work in this industry, which is incredibly difficult on your Yeah, body. I mean, it's pretty much a whole nother job yeah to balance all of those things together um i think a lot of people get into bar i mean why i got into bartending i thought it was just gonna be fun yeah and just money power and chicks totally um and entourage then, yeah the movie today <laughs> and then three years into it you realize that none of it's true none uh, of it. and you have your fun times but if you like really get into it and you're like shit this is my career yeah. i need to start making better choices and represent myself better mm-hmm. then you start to plan ahead a little bit more and it seems like that what I would consider maturity, hopefully that's not a ding on you. I think it's a good thing as you grow up, you get more mature, more career focused. Is that part of the reason that maybe you wanted to be at the helm as a VP for USBG? That mm-hmm. makes some sense, right? Like a, not a, a figurehead, but in a good way. 
like to kind of try to coalesce people, organize them, tell them to stop fucking around. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to be known as that guy who always blacks out and makes the dumbest choices. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get very many offers for anything doing that stuff. Yeah. You want to be a guy that's making good moves and making, seen as making good moves. Do you want to be, so you want to be someone in kind of like a mentorship capacity? Is that fair? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, for my employees, absolutely. For everybody else, I'll help anyone out that asks. I'll yeah. offer advice to people. Um, but I'm not trying to tell everyone what they should be doing. Yeah. No moral high ground. You're not a straight edge dude pounding. Oh, yeah, hell no, no, I've been the guy that's blacked out before. <laughs> I can't talk too much shit about him. It's true. Hypocrisy at large is still hypocrisy. All right. So we talk about two more things and I'll let you guys go. But I think, you know, thanks for joining me in this uh, warehouse in South Austin as you bid farewell on your way to San Antonio. Still better than driving. Mm. So true. And you're, there's a liquor cabinet behind you. I don't know if you noticed <laughs> this, but there's just a you, you swipe the two bottles I already have in my pocket. <laughs> God damn, I should have taken that sip of water. I knew. <laughs> I knew I'd give you just the opportunity, just a little bit. So we, I, I'm getting kind of a clear understanding of, of you and how very career-focused you are, and you've been doing the beverage directing piece for, you saying, just about over a year, a very prominent position with the USBG and all of this. So can you tell me, like, what? how did you walk away from the Glenn Fittick thing? Because you did take a position, didn't you? As, or uh, are you still doing it? Still doing it. Okay, cool. Because it's with what I consider real brilliant reconnaissance on Facebook research. <laughs> you don't list it anymore. So how is that going? Uh, it's going great. It's um, the position that I have is pretty. I don't say loosely structured, yeah. uh, but it's they allow me to do it around my already super busy work week. Yeah. Um. So for them, I rep- represent just San Antonio accounts. Got it. Um. And I don't have a set schedule for that. It's nope. not like this day I have to be here. This day is a staff training every Wednesday, or I get to knock it out on my own. Yeah. Um, and are you working for Glenn Fittick directly, or is Fittich or Fittick? Glenn, K? Glenn Fittick. Fittick. That's what. I'm, okay. So, are you working with William Grant and Sons directly, or kind of through the distillery directly? Um, it's with William Grant has a marketing team. Yeah. That I technically work for. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, so I work with them who works with William Grant. Got it. It's a great group over there. I try to give them as many props as possible. Well. Because I've interviewed like so many people from that roster. And I just love hanging out with those guys. Uh, I mean, I, I love William Grant. I've been a big fan of them since before I ever worked for them. Yeah. Um, and I've been offered a few brand positions. Um, and I turned most of them down because it's not... Something I can fully get behind. Right. But with William Grant, I don't have a single bad thing to say about him. Yeah, you got flexibility and all of that. And, I mean, do you do you see yourself transitioning into that larger? I mean, it sounds like you got a good gig doing beverage directing and stuff. But, obviously, try, if you could just, like, travel the world talking about whiskey as you smirk, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck would want to do that, you know? I think it's a great thing for someone to do for a couple years. Yeah. There's not really um, a large lifespan for a brand ambassador that's a good point yeah um i mean a few people have done it for a long time yeah but most people are doing it for you know a year to three years and it's horrible for your body yeah to travel travel every day to drink every day yeah um what they told us and the smartest piece of advice i heard while we did the training for that position i'm doing now mm. uh, is that you just have to order it you don't have to finish it yeah that's a great technique and i was like Oh, shit. Yeah, that makes sense. So you know what? I now- would have drank every dram of scotch if someone had not told me not to drink. <laughs> it's okay to not drink yeah. it. 
But this actually, I'm going to start a firm now that we are the sucker fish. So we tour with you guys and all the stuff you don't drink, we drink. And then it's kind of like under the table that we get paid. Yeah, Yeah, it's a great (laughs) job. We don't have to advertise it or anything. It's brilliant. But the reason that you're in Austin this time is there was the Real McCoy rum competition. Where was that at? Was that Lake Travis? Uh, Rusty Rudder was the place. I hadn't been before. I've not been there, yeah. It was a great spot where we were there, right on the lake. Yeah. Beautiful, nice little thing. And it was a tiki competition, I suspect? Um, not necessarily tiki. Okay. It was just... Uh, so they had started a three-month competition. Three, uh, each month was a round. The first round was a old-fashioned uh, variation with the real McCoy rum. They have okay. a three-year, a five-year, a 12-year. Okay. All from the Foursquare Distillery in Barbados. Oh, it is from Foursquare. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay, cool. Um, and then the second round was like a daiquiri variation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the third was do whatever you want. Cool. Just use real McCoy rum. Make it simple, make it clean, and then now. And then they took um, each city in Texas, the or the major markets, uh, Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio. Yeah. Had one winner from each that competed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they would compete amongst themselves first, and then the winner of each city compete in the final round. Interesting. So I hear that you guys won. Uh, San Antonio won. Sorry, you Vanessa, guys. Drew, yeah. My girlfriend, Vanessa, uh, took home. The grand prize. So actually, she's outshining you now. Her career is much brighter than yours. Yeah, like I always told you she'd be my sugar mom eventually. <laughs> See, I knew it. I was like, yeah, it's it's a sugar mama thing. I'm pretty sure. That's... Women are the better bartenders. So I'm just gonna ride her coattails. That's good. Man, I don't know. There is something about women. The women that make cocktails, or rather, the cocktails they have, that they women have better make, palates. They do, and it's somehow more connect with it more. I don't know why that is. First experience at Death and Co. I was like shit, this is changing my whole perspective on how soft cocktail can be, but still as intense. Yeah. Well, so Vanessa wins this. Was it a Mai Tai variation? Is that what it was? Kind of. Um, her first drink that she won the, the San Antonio round with was called Getting Figgy With It. Sure. And it was uh, the real McCoy rum with some lemon juice, a fig syrup that she made. Yeah. Um, and then the garbanzo bean juice instead of egg white. Kind of create that sound. So the garbanzo. All right, this is obviously going to spawn a lot of questions, but it sounds incredibly intriguing. How did yeah. it turn out? It was great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she won, so it was really good. Well, it's true. Uh, it looked beautiful. She had a nice presentation. Uh, the other competitors, Miles, who was competing, who is yeah, used to be in Austin. Uh-huh. Yeah. He actually like walked off the stage, just like Vanessa just won. Oh. Before they'd announced it, he already knew. That's incredible. So what's that? What's that mean now? Is there a trip? In, is it a Barbados trip or something? Yeah. It's uh. So the. The guys who won each city, mm-hmm. they get a trip to Barbados. Killer. Um, and then the deal was the captain, who I was captain for San Antonio, if your city wins, then you get to go with them as well. It really so, sounds like a good gig for you. It was pretty easy. <laughs> you come into Austin to be assured that you get to take a trip to Barbados yeah. with the woman you love. Shit. Yeah, it worked out pretty well for us. It's not so bad. Well, I'm going to let you go because you've got to obviously get back to San Antonio and work at all the five concepts. When are you heading to Barbados? Uh, I think they told us beginning of September. That's amazing. I think so. I've never been, so I'm... I've not either. All for it. And I'm so stoked to check out Foursquare. Yeah. It's, it makes some amazing products. And they just had that new Foursquare Rum 12-year, I think, that dropped, that J- John Garrett just got, I think, like last week or so. That, I saw a picture of it, yeah. You saw a picture, Yeah. It's making me thirsty. This whole thing is making me thirsty. Fingers crossed I get to try it. I'm sure you will. I'm sure Daniels will be out there to help you out and whatnot. So, Well, Stephen, it's been brilliant chatting, man. And I suspect that this will be not the last time I hear about you or from you. And maybe Hopefully we'll, in a good way. 
I don't know. Either way is good. I mean, it'd be nice if your mom and your stepdad could like defend you in court. Like, wouldn't that come all full circle? It's like, that well, great, he might have killed the guy in Barbados. <laughs> we don't know. It all comes. If you to can't mind. prove it. You gotta let him go. That's a good point. Thanks, mate. Drive safe. Appreciate you, bud. Well, there we have it. What do you guys think? The beverage director for the Bavaria Group in San Antonio and Texas, Stefan Mendez, soon to be voyaging to the lovely Barbados on behalf of Real McCoy Rum. I still haven't had a chance to sip this stuff, but the cocktails he's talking about certainly sound delicious. This is just the kind of first phase, I think, of Stefan's larger reign in this industry, and we'll have to see what happens here in the next few years. I'm really excited to see how it all comes to be. So thanks everybody for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter what movie from 2006 you're considering watching next or which new Netflix original series you'd like to binge on, please keep dancing.